maybe four weeks now ago, I started a series that was entitled, What Confidence Is This Wherein Thou Trusteth? Those words were verbalized by an unbelieving heathen of the Assyrians, Rabshakeh. Rabshakeh was one of the most arrogant, self-puffed-up, uh, self-righteous individuals you'd ever want to hear. If you read that in 2 Kings 18.19, what confidence. He tells he asks, he asks the people of Jerusalem, is there a surrounded Jerusalem, want to take it? He said, what confidence is this wherein thou trustest? And the world says the same thing about you and me. What is this thing that you guys are trusting in? What, what is this, this Bible that you talk about? How is it that you order your life after a 3,500-year-old document? The Old Testament, 2,000-year New Testament. Are you guys crazy? Aren't you up with the progressives? <laughs> The first Sunday I talked about the document trail of this book, the reliability of the Bible. There's no book on earth, and this is not me, you can look it up, this is anywhere, everywhere that anybody looks objectively at all, there's no book on earth with a document trail as the Bible has. This book is more verified by more, by more ancient documents from all kinds of languages and all kinds of continents they can be all compared together. There's no book like it. It is what it is. What you read is what it is in the first century, what it was in the first century. It's, it's reliable. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? The reliability of the scriptures in the document trail. Wow. Uh, where, what confidence is this wherein thou trustest? The second Sunday I talked about uh, the prophecy of this book. There's no book. No Book on earth, no book on earth comes close to the amount of prophecy uh, in the Bible. 50% of the prophecy of the Bible is already fulfilled. It's been fulfilled exactly. We're talking plucking the beard off of Jesus' face a thousand years before it happened, people. Having holes in his hands and his feet a thousand years before it happened, people. Surrounding him and mocking him like they did at the crucifixion, spoken of a thousand years before it happened. Trust me, that cannot be possible, except God did it. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Uh, we talked about the resurrection. We trust because of the resurrection. The resurrection is, is, a, is a historical, if you believe anything of historical witness, the resurrection of Jesus Christ happened. If you believe any other historical book that you read and say this book is reliable, you have to believe that the testimony of the resurrection of Christ also is historically reliable. Because of the amount of witness 500 people one time saw Jesus. He, he, he talked and taught his disciples some 40 days after the resurrection. And then today I want to talk about the fourth area that we trust in. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Today I want to talk to you about what Jesus and who Jesus said he was. Around the area of what Jesus claimed and what others claimed about him. Who is 
Luke chapter 22. You may or may not want to turn to these. I must go quickly to get through. Luke chapter 22, verse 66 through 71. I begin to read, and as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, this is at the crucifixion, the trial of Jesus. Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, if I tell you, ye will not believe. How could he do that? He knew their heart. And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. And then look at that next verse, verse 70 of Luke 22. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, You say that I am. That is a Jewish idiom, a Hebrew idiom that says, It's so. Are you the Son of God? He said, Yes. What was their reaction? And they said, what need we any further witness? For we ourselves had have heard of his own mouth. Let's go to Mark, a parallel passage, Mark chapter 14, verse 61 to 65. But he held his peace and answered nothing. And again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, circle it, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the power and coming in clouds of heaven. And by the way, every eye shall see him. There's not a person in this room that's not going to see what he just described right there. You say, I don't want to see it. You're going to see it. Will you be prepared? Will you be ready to see it? Then the high priest rent his clothes. You, you learn a lot of the content of something by the reaction to it, amen? These are highly educated uh, religious leaders of their day, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, lawyers, having well familiar with the Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament, what they call their Bible. And the priest ran his clothes and saith, What need we any further witness? You have heard what? Blasphemy. The blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and cover his face and buffet him and say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the Palms of their hands. I gotta just I just gotta stop here and say, as those men were slapping Jesus around, I just gotta I just gotta say, and, and Michael and Gabriel weren't too far away from him. How close those boys were to dying? How close those boys were? They were slapping around the one who spoke everything into existence. Ooh, is God patient or what? Wow. I don't think we'd ever come close to taking that if we had the power to change it. But he did have the power to change it and didn't. Let it go through. Why? He loved you. Well, don't ever say God doesn't love you. God loves you. The cross, the crucifixion, the passion week, if it doesn't say anything, it screams that God loves you. God loves you and wants you to be saved. 
The question around Jesus has always been who, not what. Not what he did. He didn't get crucified for healing the sick and raising the dead and giving a sight to the blind and feeding the 5,000, the 4,000. He, he didn't get crucified for those things. He got crucified because he went head on with the religious leaders of the day on who he was. These two passages that I just finished reading, the whole question at the trial of Jesus was, who are you? Who do you make yourself out to be? Well, he made it clear who he was, and they said, blasphemy, speaking against God. Who do you make yourself out to be? They understood who he was at that, at that time. The trial of Jesus, there were many false witnesses to testify against him, what he said or what he did, but none of them could agree. His actions in this life were unaccusable. In frustration, the high priest simply asked him whether he is who he said he was and had said he was. The answer sent chills into the minds of the ruling body of Jews at the time. You make yourself out to be God? Blasphemy is what crucified Jesus according to them. No one would know better than the very people that were there on site what he meant, and they rent their clothes in horror. We look at the triumphant entry in Matthew 21.10, where it says, And when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? I spent a half hour on that in another message. Who is this? It was Pilate's question. In Luke 23, 3, when he says, Art thou the king of the Jews? It was searching question of Jesus' disciples uh, when he calmed the wind and the waves, and they said, What manner of man is this? In other words, who are you? It was Thomas's, and don't call him Doubting Thomas. Please don't. It's not in the Bible. It's just Thomas. Thomas legitimately had not seen Christ yet. He says, I'm not going to believe till I see him. And he went a little bit further. He must have been an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist. Because he went a little further than he should have gone, probably. They said, unless I put my hand in his you know, side, you know, he just had to go a little further. And Jesus came, appeared, said, okay, do it. Thrust your hand on my side, put your, be not unbelieving. And what did he say? My Lord and my God. A Jewish person who understood what it meant to blaspheme God. There was no, hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one. He understood all that. He said, my Lord and my God. It was, oh, the, the cults and Joe Witnesses and other people want to deny the deity of Christ. They try to say, well, it was an exclamatory statement. In essence, he cussed. <laughs> well, you got to stretch that for that. Jesus, if he'd have cussed, if it had been wrong, Jesus would have corrected him as a righteous person. Jesus would have corrected him and said, no, no, not my, not my Lord and my God. Because every time a man appears, every time an angel appears to a, a, a prophet or something, what do they do? They hit the floor and they want to worship that angel because of the difference in power. And the angel will always say, stop, stop, worship God. A righteous being is not going to accept worship if it's blasphemy. And Jesus obviously accepted worship in the Bible. Obviously accepted it. Here, my Lord and my God. Pilate's wife was concerned when she said in Matthew 27, 19, Have thou nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. You know how to preach a whole sermon. Men, you ought to listen to your wives. And all the women said, This is your moment in time, ladies. 
If you don't pick it up now, it ain't never going to happen. This is a male-driven church. We don't give you girls much space, but I'm giving you some right now. Men all listen to their wives. God bless you. Matthew chapter 8, verse 29. It was the concern of demons, spirit beings. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now who would know more of who Jesus was than the demons, the spirit beings? The angels addressed him as the Son of God and deity. Uh, the demons addressed him as the Son of God and deity. Uh, the disciples dressed him as the Son of God and deity. The people who queried him at the trial realized that he testified of himself as the Son of God and deity. All Jesus' teachings, all his work, all his healing hung on this one phrase, Who is this? Jesus Claim for himself that he was deity. How could a man make others think he was God? How could he? The question I pose to you this morning. How would a man make others think he's God? In a, in a statement in the book, 101 Proofs of the Deity of Jesus Christ, this gentleman says, and I quote, his teachings were ultimate, final, above those of Moses and the prophets, he never added any afterthoughts or revisions. He never retracted or changed. He never guessed, supposed, or spoke with an uncertainty. This is so contrary to human teachers and teachings. And anybody that's ever taught will say amen to that. It was Jesus' claim of deity that caused the death threats throughout his ministry. You say, prove it. Okay, thank you for asking. John chapter 10, verse 30 through 33. He said, I am the father of one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Now, wait a minute. You got to understand, the people on site that are getting the full context, they're getting tone. Now, we don't, in one thing in the Bible, you can't get tone. You don't get the tone. You miss that. But they've got the tone of voice. They've got the look of the eye. They've got the countenance of the of, of the of the body, uh, the, what they call kinetics. Uh, uh, they've, they've got all of the context of this. And they took up stones to stone him. That was common for them if somebody blasphemed. The punishment was death. And Jesus answered him, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. Because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Now that's reliable information there, brother. The people on site, the people who heard his tone, who saw his face, who, who, uh, who understood the context, they said, what you're telling us is that you're God, and we are not accepting that. that that's blasphemy. Again, the Jews seek to kill him in John chapter 5, verse 7 through 18, but Jesus answered, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because not only had he broken the Sabbath, and, and by the way, 
Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Everything that God gives us, we, over, we, we try to worship it, don't we? We worship the structure rather than the God of the structure. That's our tendency. They did it. God gave them the Sabbath as a blessing. Instead, they made it a, made it a, 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 a dividing line whether you were doing what was right or not. Amazing. They tried to condemn him. He, they constantly were against Jesus about the Sabbath. Healing a woman had been bound for 12 years in a horrible demonic sickness, and he heals her, and they get on him. Now, you broke the Sabbath. They didn't care about that woman. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father, making him, listen to the words, this is it, look it up, John 5, 18, making himself equal with God. The Jews understood what Jesus was saying in John chapter 8 when he referred to himself as the I am. Again, they understood the context. They were there. They heard the whole thing. John chapter 8, verse 54 through 59. Jesus, and I read that much so that you get the context. Jesus answered and said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Obviously, he said right there that he's the Son of God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say that I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. I just love how straightforward he is. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. He must have looked bad because he was really only about thirty-two. That'd be like looking at uh, Nick up here and saying, You look about fifty. If he shaves, however, he looks about thirty-two. You're not fifty. But you've seen Abraham? Then he said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was I am. Now, they understood the implications of that because they took up stones to cast at him. Their reaction tells it all. But Jesus hid himself and went out in the temple, going through the midst of them, so he passed by. They knew Jesus claimed that he was to receive the same honor that the Father received. Now, nobody, remember, what confidence is this wherein thou trusteth? We trust in the confidence of what Jesus claimed and who he claimed he was for himself. In John chapter, you got to turn to this one. John chapter 5, verse 23, 24. If Joe Witness comes up to your door, I want you to use this passage. Don't spend too much time, but use this passage. Throw it out to him. Let him chew on it a little bit. John chapter 5, 23, 24. That all men should honor the Son... And circle the words, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Now, I don't think you got to be any kind of scholar to understand what those words say. We're to honor Jesus in the same way we honor the Father. That, that means they got to be equal. They got to be one together, right? And who in the world can promise eternal life unless you got the power? I can tell you all day long, I'll give you eternal life. A Jim Jones down there, and remember Jim Jones or, or, or David Korish? Them boys said they had the power 
they couldn't even save themselves. Jesus claimed to be able to give and guaranteed if you believed on him, you would receive eternal life. Nobody has that kind of power but God. Nobody has that kind of power. Religious leaders do not claim that with any kind of authority. Jesus warns them that by rejecting his claim, they were insulting God the Father. Jesus claims the power to give eternal life, and only God can do that. Jesus claims to be, in, in his very essence, God. That's big. Where's that found? John chapter 14, verse 7 through 9. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, for, for from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Now you know, there's a statement in the Old Testament, no, no man has seen God at any time, repeat in the New Testament. Moses wanted to see God face to face. He said, no, no man can see me and live. You can't do that. But you see the backside of me, and I'll put my hand over you when I go by so that you don't look at me and die, right? Interesting. Most of you Bible scholars and students know that to be true. I think it's interesting here. He says, Philip, and so he said, and have seen me. So no wonder Philip would be a little stunned. We, what now? Show us the Father. Well, you've seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known? He didn't say him. He said me. He could have said, Have thou been so long with me and not known the Father? But he said, Have you been so long with me and not known me? Wow. That that. For he that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Almost mystified, almost like a mystified. Why do you keep asking to see the Father? I am the Father, basically. If you've seen me, not exactly, what I'm trying to get at is this. We're not going to be able to put our mind around the Trinity. You're not going to be able to do that. Do you believe there are some things in this world that transcend your understanding? Duh! I get a kick out of people who say, well, I can't accept that because I don't understand it. Well, then you don't, don't ever hit a light switch. Because to be honest with you, though I one time I took two pieces of wire and I put them in a 110 socket and something happened to me. I felt a power go through me and my heart started going, boom, 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 it was invisible, and yet it would have killed me had I been had I hung on to the thing. You don't understand what the sun is and the sunlight and the radiation it comes from. There's so many things in this old world we live we don't understand. How in the world can a person say, "Well, because I don't understand teaching of the Bible of the triunity of God, which maybe is better worded, the the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is being one in essence, one God." The Bible teaches it that way from front to back. It's there. I just accept it by faith. Now, these old boys were having trouble themselves, putting their mind around it. And Jesus was helping them. Jesus, him, this, I think the argumentation here gets bigger as we go down. Jesus himself claims 
something that absolutely no human, angel, demon, spirit being, whether it be visible or invisible, whether they have thrones or powers or principalities, nobody can claim this except God. And it's found in Mark chapter 13, verse 31. And that's where Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Wow. Wow. Many of you are going to go home this afternoon and will not even remember any of my words. You know it's true. At 2 o'clock this afternoon after your nap, if I, if I call you up and say, Charlie, would you give me the short form on the outline of my sermon? He'll say, wife? She'll probably have it. But she's few and far between. I hate to tell you this. I've had preachers call me on the phone and say, what did you preach about today? <laughs> and I tell you, I don't even know. I don't know where I'm at even. I, I can't tell them. I say, I preach on the Bible. It's my favorite answer. <laughs> I don't have... But Jesus claimed something nobody can claim. He said, heaven and earth pass away. That's big. Would you say that's pretty big? Take the Hubble telescope and look as far as it'll look. He said, that's all going to pass away. The earth, big as it, that's all going to pass away. But my words will not pass away. Now, if anybody ever claimed deity for himself, he claimed deity for himself right there. If he didn't have any of these other verses, just take all this other proof and put it to the side. You cannot say honestly that Jesus did not claim deity for himself. He didn't say the Father's words wouldn't pass away. He didn't say the prophet's words wouldn't pass away. He didn't say the words of Moses wouldn't pass away. He said, my words will not pass away. What confidence is this wherein thou trusteth? I'm trusting in the confidence that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. And if he's God manifest in the flesh, then when he promises me eternal life, and he promises me forgiveness of sins, I can rely on it. I can have confidence on it. And by the way, how we know that his disciples believed it is because of the way they laid their lives down. People don't lay their lives down for a maybe, and it could be, you know, typically like that. Not what they did. They laid their lives down. Because they believed what he said was true. They were there, remember. They saw it. They, 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 I like what John says, our hands have handled the word of God. They were there. They helped distribute the food to the 5,000, the 4,000. They saw him give brand new eyes to a guy that was born without eyes. They heard somebody speak that never has spoken from birth. Man, they saw Peter walk on the water with Jesus. They saw Jesus get out and say, peace, be still. 
Now, these are all a bunch of fishermen. I've been to Sea of Galilee. The wind comes down from the north to Sea of Galilee, seven miles wide and, and 13 miles long, and it's in a valley, and that wind will rush down through there, and, and that lake will go from being friendly to a killer because it's real deep. And the waves get big and will, will drown you and kill you on that old lake. No one for that. And that's what happened. These old boys were going to go across seven miles. Nothing far, seven miles. You see, you stand on the side of the lake of the Sea of Galilee and you see the other side. Not that far. This morning you're going to swim. They saw it. They heard it. They felt it. When he said, peace. Be still. A great calm, the Bible said, came on. Even old fishermen go, what manner of man is this? What kind of person is this? Who is, who is with us? I like Peter when he got down and saw Jesus and he said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm no good. You know, I'm a man of unclean lips and you know, he did what Isaiah did, kind of, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in people unclean lips, and I don't have any business being around you. Anytime men realize they're around true holiness, they, it, it humbles us. Jesus accepted and never rebuked anyone who was given him worship as God. When he accepted worship as God, he broke the first and second commandment. Over eight times, Jesus is worshipped in the Gospels. Now, if that was not meant to be there, the early church would have wiped that off. It was, if it was not so, when, the, when those things surfaced in the Gospels, they would have been challenged. That is not the way it was. But the people were alive when it was written. It was, that's not the way it's supposed to be, but they weren't challenged. They were verified as so. Worship simply means, in the Greek there, proskuneo. It just simply means to, to uh, fawn or crouch or prostrate oneself in homage. It was forbidden. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 5, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. The, the cults, and Joe would especially try to say when those people bowed to Jesus, well, they were just doing homage. They weren't worshiping. That's what worship means. It's doing homage to. Every time a prophet, as I said before, an angel appeared to him, and then they bowed down and did homage, if homage isn't worship, they would have let the guy lay there. But they said, no, get up, get up, get up. Even their he says, I'm your fellow servant, one of them. I'm your fellow servant, don't do it. So they understood worship and violation of the first commandment was just to, to do homage one to another like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of you read a little bit about C.S. Lewis. He's a thinker. In, in a book he wrote, Mere Christianity, he says, a man who was... Merely a man, and said the sort of things Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says that he's a poached egg, or 
He would be the devil from hell. You got to make that choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else he is a madman, or even something worse than a madman. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit on him, kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him, as Thomas did, Lord and God. But let it, this is quote, but let it not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. Jesus was not a great human teacher. That option is not even left open to us as you read the Bible. Not left open. Because no great human teacher would talk like he talked and claim what he claimed. He knew his claim, either knew his claims were false, he was a liar, or he did not know his claims were false, but he was a lunatic because he wasn't who he said he was, or Jesus' claims were true and he is Lord. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? I pose that question to you. The confidence of the document trail. The confidence of the fulfilled prophecy. The confidence of the testimony, historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Or the confidence of his personal claims recorded in the Gospels in the Bible. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Father, we pray today that your Holy Spirit would come, take the words of this short time, anoint them with thy blessed Spirit. Father, we didn't want to go too, we don't want to go too far, or we don't want to go too little. It was just what is there. There could be people that are that are wrestling with this because truthfully, this is the hinge point. This is the hinge point. If you believe Jesus, who he is, who he said he was, then he warrants our total life. He warrants our dedication. He warrants our surrender. And he deserves our service. Father, we just pray that there could be some in this room that would say the evidence is there. Or if it's not been enough, that you would search it, honestly, carefully. And the blessed Holy Spirit of God wants you to be saved and wants you to know who Jesus is. The Bible says it's not, God's, not, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God does not want you to perish today. He wants you to... Jesus said in place in John, he says, if you do not believe, basically, if you do not believe... Who I am, you'll die in your sins. You must accept the fact that Jesus is what he said he was, or you're calling him a liar or a lunatic. You don't have any other ground. I don't think you'll fare well when you see him. If you accept him for what he was and what he is, and if I may say it this way, what he will be, 
And you realize that he was God manifest in the flesh, just like the Bible says, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world. And you say, I want this Savior as mine. I need my sins forgiven, and he's got the power to forgive them. He shed his blood to forgive them. It was accepted, proven, sealed by the resurrection. I want to give myself to him. Oh, dear, dear one, may today be the day. May you say yes to Jesus. In a simple childlike prayer, prayed a lot of different ways maybe, but really the heart's got to be about the same. The Bible rewards it in Romans, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's simple enough for a four or five-year-old child to accept Christ and be saved. It's so simple, however, adults will stumble over it. Father, help us. Help us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Move today. And dear Christian, you're here in this auditorium and you're casually, carelessly serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Shame on you. He demands our all. He deserves our all. He doesn't deserve some half-hearted, once in a while, hit and miss. Brother, sister, he deserves your attention. Primary, number one, above everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of, of, of heaven and his righteousness. That's what Jesus said, Matthew 6.33. Seek it first. He'll not take another position because he should not take another position. Father, help them to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.